0: Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. I hope you are safe and well wherever you are listening to this podcast from. This is a series that I have named Transition, and I wanted to give back to the industry and really talk about strategy moving forward and how we can continue to operate our businesses safely, profitably, and think about a new strategy and purpose as we move forward to build a better industry. So what I've done is built this 10-part series in which I talk to industry experts in Australia, New Zealand and the US on what they believe is the best strategy to focus on to survive. Continuous improvement is a shared responsibility, but action is an independent one. So I hope you really enjoy these episodes as we move forward in this special 10 part series and really get something out of it. So Make sure you share this with people that you think are going to get some value out of it. I'd really love to know what you think. Take care. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. I hope you're happy and well wherever you are listening and watching this from. Um, fantastic as we move forward with this new series of the podcast and how so many restaurants and cafes around the world, especially in Australia, are coming into new Uh, opening procedures uh, for their venues. And I wanted to do a series around the strategy and mindset of owner-operators, of brands in Australia moving forward and and how they're thinking about opening up um, post-COVID and in a COVID environment in which they really need to think about customer safety, but obviously keeping their venues open and operating. So fantastic to really start this off uh, with Milan Sturback, Sturback. Oh, I started that really, really badly, Milan. I'm so sorry. Owner of Sugarcane Restaurant, uh, all the way in Coogee Beach in Sydney, uh, an incredible venue, uh, really servicing the Southeast, and, uh, Southeast Asian flavors um, in a such a great location. Milan, thanks so much for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you, Sean. Um, so, really great to have you on. I, uh, I want to get in to talk about your beautiful restaurant uh, very shortly, but. I want to understand about about your career as well and how you started out in the industry and your love for the industry.
1: Um, well, I started in 97, um, you know, fresh out of high school. i mm-hmm. um, like, all right, what are we going to do? Um, took on an apprenticeship um, at a cafe in Darlinghurst, Fez Cafe, mm-hmm. an old Moroccan one across the road from the Green Park Hotel,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which was, you know, it, it was in its heyday back then. Um, and you know, I spent two years working there, and you know, some really good times. That was when Darlinghurst and the Cross was yeah, was a place to be, it was right? lively, the place to be. That was before Surrey Hills sort of took off. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I spent two years there. Then I did a stint at Mark Restaurant mm-hmm. um, on Crown Street. Um, that was pre Olympics. Um, worked there for a while, and then from there, I went to Longgrain. Well, um, okay. And that's where um, sort of the passion for Asian cookery, I guess, um, just grew on me because mm-hmm. at that point I sort of didn't know what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, what what cuisine I, I enjoyed the most. But, you know, after spending, you know, the first couple of weeks working there and with Martin Bolts and the team, mm-hmm. um, that was just after the Sydney Olympics, I remember, mm-hmm. Um you know, I was like, oh, this is what I love doing and that style of eating because it was still relatively new back then, you know, like yeah, the share platters and all that. It was all, you know, you got your own plate, you got your own meal back in those days. Um, mm-hmm. So that was sort of one of the ones that started all that. And and it was a good restaurant but in a casual environment, you know. It yeah. wasn't, it was a two-hat restaurant and, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, it was it was white table right. box, mm-hmm. Um, you know pressed white um, aprons on the the waiters and all that. You know, mm-hmm. DJ was pumping, it was loud, it was buzzing. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun place to work and, you know, and the food and the technique and, and the style of cookery, which is very different to a Western style, mm-hmm. um, is where I, I learnt my, the most. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I spent five years there. And, wow. And yeah, from then I opened sugarcane in Surrey Hills for – about six years, mm-hmm. and we've been now about four years ago. I moved to Koji with the family, and then I just realized that there wasn't really many good places to eat around here, and mm-hmm. I thought oh, it would be a really good, good opportunity to move sugarcane from Surrey Hills to Koji,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I did, yeah, four years ago in a couple of weeks, um, wow. and I haven't looked back. You know, it's, it's been a, a great success. Mm-hmm. We're extremely busy. We we pumped down here. We did big numbers um, out of a kitchen that's actually really quite small. Yeah. So um, the amount of stock, like, from all my supplies, I just can't believe, like, how much meat we go through, how much beef, how much chicken. Um, so it's good. It's good. We just get it in and we get it out. We get it in yeah. and we'll get it. that's just, just that. Nuts. constant so,
0: daily cycle, you know.
1: Yeah, it is. Mm. It's just, it's just, and on the weekends it's just a vicious cycle. Cause we prep it yeah. and it's gone that night. Like, oh, shit, let's we'll start <laughs> all over
0: again. But
1: um, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's been a good move, and you know the support we get from the locals. You know the the, the amount of regulars we see on a weekly basis, and mm. my kids going to school in a local school in the area, and the amount of positive feedback you get. It's always good because. You generally hear people just trying to slag you, or you know, give yeah. you a hard time, or write negative press. It's. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to get, you know, people saying oh, you know, your staff do an amazing job. Even when, you, when you're not there, you've got a great front of house team, your chefs do this and your chefs do that. And it's yeah, like, oh, amazing. It's cool, you know, like it just makes, it makes your job a lot easier. You don't, you, mm. don't, you don't have all that weight on your shoulders to feel like you have to be there every service to keep an eye on everything and micromanage all of them. Like yeah. I can sort of pull back a bit on some nights and have a night off with the family and know that the restaurant is in safe hands.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful when so, you get it to that that trust point with the hospitality business. I mean, it is so tough yeah. that you have, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure on a busy Friday, Saturday night, you know, um, sort of pre-COVID in normal service, you would have had, you know, probably upwards of, you know, 20 to 30, you know, upwards of that on a shift. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people to sort of put your trust into, right? So it's good when you yeah. get to that point.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 it's good, it's good. And I've, I've finally, you know, been I've been doing it for, you know, 22 years, I finally yeah. got that good work-life family balance because, you know, I've got two young boys, seven and Mm -hmm. nine, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that guy working 70 hours a week, every night of the week, Mm -hmm. missing out on all all these years. And then, like, when they get to 15, 16, go, oh, man, like, (laughs) where have I been for the last 10 or 15 years? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the challenges, challenges, right? Hmm. Yeah, it hasn't come easily either you know like i've i've been there i've done that i've done the hard yards you know So oh, you're so lucky it's like i'm not lucky like no built that a, I've, mm. I've built that I, you know I've, I've been here for 10 years like mm. you know a restaurant like i you know like yeah. i own it I, I bankrolled it off a small you know loan off off the back of my house 10 years ago and stuff like that yeah, like well. i didn't have you know someone bankrolling the whole thing and going mm. hey, yeah he's this he's that and um so, you know, there's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears and, um, and it's been worth it. It's, it's been a good ride and now I'm at a point where, you know, the business is going really well. I've got a good mm-hmm. team and everyone's happy. It's a good place to
0: be. When, yeah, you, um, when, you, when you moved from Surrey Hills to Coogee, was that, a, was that a hard thing to actually move the brand you said you did in two weeks? But, but even still, like obviously Surrey Hills has gone from one level to like... Another level in Sydney over those ten, you know, those ten years that you haven't had the restaurant there. Like, was that was that initially a hard choice for you to make, or was it pretty pretty simple? In hindsight, you know
1: what? Like, I think I, I think when I first opened at Surrey Hills, it was pre GFC. Yeah, right. right? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the place to be. Everyone wanted to open a restaurant and mm-hmm. in Surrey Hills and that's where you had to be if you wanted to make it as, as a chef or, or as a business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've worked in Surrey Hills and Darlinghurst prior to that for the last 15 years. So mm-hmm. you don't know any better. So you're like, I've got to be there, I've got to be there. And, when I, when I, and I thought, you know what, like when I moved here and I realised there was not many people, good places around that often, mm-hmm. you know, some good Asian style food.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I just, I, it was a bit of a risk, you know, because I thought maybe are they, are they ready? Is the market ready for this kind of restaurant here? Cause they had yeah. like, you know, standard Thai and Chinese mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, I think by that stage I was done with, with, with Sunray Hills, you know, mm-hmm. there's a million restaurants there. I just found people, you know, just, Business wasn't as going as good. People wanted something for nothing. You know, everyone wanted to BYU, bring their own cakes, do this. And I'm like, man, I'm here to try to make some money. Yes. Not to service all your needs. Um, So, yeah, it was a big decision, but I'm so glad I made it. It was the best decision (laughs) I've made, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's good. What's the biggest difference in the demographic between sort of Coogee and Surrey Hills? I know it's obviously changed. It would have changed a lot again in the last 10 years. You haven't been in Surrey Hills, but like what was the biggest change that you had to develop for your customers?
1: I think in Surrey Hills, I think, you know, the spice, the tolerance of spice was was higher in Surrey Hills than, than Coogee. Okay. Um, here, here we had... You know the demographics in Kwidji. You've got you've got a couple. Of the, you know some of the older generation who've, mm-hmm. who are quite wealthy, affluent, mm-hmm. live on the coastline here. Mm-hmm. Quite simple. They want to come in. You know, like this similar tables on a on, on a Tuesday night, Monday night, drink a similar wine, right. Um, 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 you know, a lot of families as well here. We get a lot of families coming in like 5, 5.30s, out by 6, 6.30, obviously go home, feed the kids, bath them and put mm-hmm. them to bed. Mm-hmm. Surrey Hills didn't get much of that. Surrey Hills more younger couples. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and, you know, I guess mm-hmm. it just like then they start nice though. Like we, we'd get – I just found with them as well um, – you know, there were so many places opening up around Surrey Hills with doing yeah. a lot of cheap stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And then they will just like trying to then compare you with all these other businesses. But, you yeah. know, this guy does BYO and KQ, so why don't you, it's like, well, go up to him, you know, like I don't, you know, just stuff, that's what I found towards the end there that was sort of slowly starting to annoy me. Sure. Um, whereas I just find here they're forever
0: grateful for opening sugar, for bringing the concept here. Yeah, like um, a really good concept so, that they could actually trust and... What yeah, act for and, all yeah, kind of
1: and you know the people that live around here, like unless they have to travel to the city for a feed, they are yeah. the state east. You know, yeah, not yeah. even travel to Bondi. Even Bondi is like a five or six, not that far. I mm. was used to being a chef traveling all the time and all that. Of course, but now that I've been here for four or five years, I'm one of those guys. I'm like, oh, sorry, it <laughs> was like, isn't there anything closer? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, and there's so many people around here. You know we've got a private dining room. We've got this, so there's parties, birthdays. It's just, it's just nonstop. Mm. Um, so, yeah.
0: So let's, let's talk about, you know, what's happened um, since March. Um, obviously the industries are all in the same boat, but with a, with a brand that you've got, which obviously, you know, services, a large dining market, um, a big wine list, um, all those things which you you know need in order to generate money. Like what's happened with your business since March?
1: Um, well, yeah, it, it all. I, I was um, I was actually in South America in Peru wow. when, when it all kicked off, mm-hmm. and like I left there to go to a, a, a close friend's wedding, and you know things are just starting to heat up, but it was mm-hmm. like no one knew what to expect Mm -hmm. the numbers were jumping and all that so i was there for um i was there for eight days okay and then i got like i was the wedding was on a saturday and things were really heating up over there as well so like i was meant to fly out on a tuesday and then um I was trying to ring Qantas and my wife was trying to ring all just to get me out of there earlier on the Sunday. Yeah. Yep. But it was like a six-hour wait. You couldn't get through. Wow. Um, because everyone was trying to get home. Everyone sure. was trying to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was um, the concierge at the hotel and I said, man, can you ring? Because I was doing a code share. Latam. I was Latam from Peru to Chile and then Qantas from Chile to mm-hmm. Sydney.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, I'll try for you. I've been trying all day. I can't get through. I can't get through. I can't get through. He said, but I did get through and they're closing the borders tomorrow. They told me no more flights. They closed Oh, my God. Yeah. Right wow. I was like, so what do I do? And he said, oh, just go pack your bags and go to the airport. Um, mm. So I did that and I packed my bags in about three minutes. <laughs> Slammed everything in there. Yeah. Zipped it all up. Ran to the airport. You know, got to the ticketing desk and, you know, the line's 50 deep. Wow. And... I was like, "Oh, fire out!" Anyway, um, what happened was, I had a um, there was these three German backpacker girls in front of me. Mm-hmm. They were just chatting and they were really freaking out about freaking out about the whole situation. Not some, sure. the Two of them were, were tears, and I was like, "You know, like, there's not much you can do, right? We're all here waiting. Mm. There's no point, you know." Anyway, you know, but one of them had a, a ticket, I think that night to leave. So there was an express queue for you. If you're flying out that day with any ticketing inquiries, Mm. take that express line. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you just have to wait in the line that we're all, we were all in anyway. One of the, so the girls ended up going that way. I'd been in the line for about two hours, moved halfway up. At that same point, the president of Peru just announced that the borders were all being shut the following day. No more flights inbound, like full lockdown ISO. Wow. And, um, and I was like, oh, man, I just, I just want to get home. I was, I, was, I was actually pretty depressed and I'm not, I'm not a depressed guy. Yeah. guy. I'm, yeah. like, I'm pretty upbeat. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, yeah. And, and then um, so the girls had gone. I was just waiting there. Just, I think I was talking to my wife on the phone and she's like, oh, just calm down, calm down. I, like, I just want to get home. I <laughs> just want to get home. One of them came back to me crying hysterical. I need you to buy me a ticket. I need you to buy me... Oh,
0: my God.
1: I need you to buy me an airplane ticket. Please, please. I said, I don't even know you. Like, who are like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he, he's my Facebook friend. He's my email. He's, <laughs> please. I've got no money. They had a flight from Brazil to Germany. They just didn't... They wanted to change their flight because they were flying out, I think, later on the week like me. They need, right. So they needed to change their flight from... Because Brazil wasn't going into lockdown. That was fine. They just wanted to mm-hmm. get out of Peru. Right. Anyway... It was like $1,000. Wow. Like, yeah, I was like, I said, oh, let me go talk to the guy. So I went with him and I said, what? He goes, oh, it's about 1000 bucks to buy her. And I was like, I said, listen, I said, I'll buy her a ticket, but I'm next in line. And he smart. Said, okay, so. yeah, what's that?
2: <laughs> smart, yeah, very smart.
1: Yeah. so I did that. Um, and... And then he was like, I was like, all right. So, I paid her. She left. And then I was like, "Because man, there's one seat left to get to Chile tonight.
2: It oh. leaves an hour and a
1: half. You need to run to the gate like, and just barge through. Tell them you fly, your plane's leaving. You've got to go. Right. Wow. Um, so, I got there and I was like, I was in that aeroplane. and I was, So, I got to Chile. Then I ended up flying out of Chile at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and the border shut that night as well.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh so, I got to Sydney
1: on that Friday I think it was a Friday and then the Sunday was when ScoMo announced that restaurants and mm-hmm. cafes. and that week was still a decent week at work we really yeah. spread the tables apart the social yeah. distancing was in and and I was like oh this is fine like if, mm. we, if we carry on with this no mm. problem mm-hmm. you know and I remember I was sitting there with my wife watching the show watching TV and it's like restaurants and cafes are shut I'm like I just got the Fox store remote I rewinded it <laughs> Did <laughs> like, you just say that? Yeah. And um and then like sure enough, five minutes later, some people sending me messages and like, hey mate, you know, like, oh, if you need anything, give me a call and then just friends like obviously just a bit worried and you know, like mm. my whole world just came like crashing down. I think I I might, I may have slept like an hour or two that night. Wow. Just like and because and, all, and on top of that, I was in isolation so I couldn't go to work.
0: Oh yeah, of course you would have been like, in fourteen days. Out. Right.
1: At home, luckily, at home.
0: Right. Okay. Before the hotel mm, situation came in. Yeah, yeah. Before the hotel situation. Mm. Mm. So it was. It was. It was.
1: It was a nightmare. And then, I just I was like, trying to do it all over the phone. I just said to the boys, "What you have to do on that Monday? We've never done takeaway here before, right? Because we've, we've always had a solid business, and I've always said I don't really want to do takeaway. I don't want to jeopardize the quality of my food. People complaining about eating out mm. of plastic containers. It's never the same. Hundred um, percent. So. We just, we just went to takeaway on that Monday, Tuesday. And in the meantime, I've been speaking to the boys at Hungry Hungry because I have an automate mm-hmm. POS. and I was like, man, yep. I need to get this. Because I was saying, like, to take the order over the phone physically, mm-hmm. taking, like, three or four minutes per order, you've got to take the order, credit mm-hmm. card details, because I was like taking payments up front, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when the phones were ringing, we couldn't get to them all because we'd have two handsets going at the same time. Um, so... Yeah. I said to the boys, can we, like, just move pretty quickly so then people can just order off the internet, bang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've got that happening um, the Tuesday and the Wednesday. So this is all done from my, my lounge room.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. really
1: stressful <laughs> because, you know, not being here and, like, explaining and talking people through it, it's really mm-hmm. difficult to have phone trying to tell someone what to do when they can't even see
0: yeah, you know, like, yeah, you know, exactly.
1: Whereas if you're here, you just say, mate, just don't do it like this, do it like that. It's yeah, easier. Just watch me. So, it, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, like like my patience was running quite thin because getting really frustrated. Sure. I'm just getting frustrated at the whole thing. It was just many things that were just all bottling up, you know. Mm. I was just trying to keep a calm head and stay positive for the boys because the boys that I have working I've got a good solid team. They're mm-hmm. all genuinely worried. Yeah. Um, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday – it was okay. we were just plotting a lot. not doing big orders. But then the Thursday when the, the internet went live, mm-hmm. we saw a big spike, right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is all right. This is all right. So we were just doing um, takeaway at the time and pick up. Yeah, takeaway and pick up. Anyway, <laughs> and I, I was doing all – I set up all the hungry, hungry stuff. Yeah. Um, but then so the Friday night, I clearly remember it. I was sitting at home with the family having dinner and – just the boys ringing me going, turn the platform off, turn the platform, turn it off, turn it off.
0: Because the printer wow. just kept, just printing, kept going wow. and
1: printing and printing. They had to put a, a, a rubbish bin under it to catch the dockets. Because what I did, I just said to some of the boys, just have a week of annual leave. Yeah, right. And I was like, just have a week or two, just let's see. So we usually have like on a Friday, Saturday, nine or ten chefs. We had like. For that night, right? Right,
0: because you thought it'd be quiet. You know, you yeah. got no walking yeah. guests. Yeah,
1: yeah right. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> um, anyway, people had to wait two and a half hours for their food. Oh my god! And I, like, people go, "Mate, is my food coming?" I was like, oh, "Shit!" It wasn't. But you just because you, you didn't know, know. We've never done it before. We didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. People could jump behind a keyboard and order it, and it comes through automatically, and you can't stop it. Whereas yeah. you know, we used to be, mm. on a busy night here, we could do two hundred and fifty people, but we've got a reservations list, we've got yeah. everything there. It's clear as stagger the coming. orders. You're in control. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what, what you can do, and all that. Whereas here, mm. you, you've got no control. It's just boom. So at six o'clock, they said it was the <laughs> night anyway. So the next day there was nine chefs. We doubled it, right. and they it still went down the next day. There was still not enough. Wow. Night. So because we'd never done takeaway and obviously all the restaurants were shut, Mm. people really loved the idea of having sugar cane at home. Sure, sure. Um, So they just pushed on for the next week until I got back on that Thursday and then I went and bought a Vespa on the Saturday, I think, Mm -hmm. and we just started doing delivery as well. We just started doing like the the local areas. Mm -hmm. We were just Mm -hmm. delivering ourselves. I'm like, I'm not not signing up to any of the – the big groups, yeah. um, giving them 35% commission. And mm-hmm. that way we're in control of the product from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got smashed yeah. most nights. It was mental. And like I'm talking like it's like like looking back now, you know, we did 250 on a Friday, Saturday between 5.30 and 9.30. Yeah. We were almost in the same amount of food between like Five forty-five and seven o'clock because that's the only t- that's the oh, biggest wow. window. Wow! It was it was nuts. Just brand, bang like just boom boom. You know, pick up, delivery drive up doing this. We ended up having like I just hired I I um I took on two other delivery drivers. So busy nights we have three guys on bikes oh zipping Lord. around. Yeah, it was um. It was really, it was, it was so hard. because so, the boys said, "Oh, it's really hard. It's really hard." And I was at home. I'm thinking, "Is it Can't really that, that hard?" hard? Like, <laughs> wait till I get back there next week. Yes. And I remember that first Thursday. It wasn't even the Friday. The Thursday. I'm like, "Whoa, this is pretty busy. This is pretty hectic." Because mm. it's all paper containers, not on plates. You got to put them in mm. a brown paper bag. Mm-hmm. You got to write, you know, your name. How many bags they've got like a number one, two, just so they know. And mm-hmm. This is for drive up because it's a drive up feature where you drive the mm-hmm. car up. This is for pickup. This is for delivery. This is hot mm-hmm. food. This is cold food. Yeah. So it, it, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of work involved, you know. Um, so, yeah, we're not – and that first Friday, it was fucking – it was, was <laughs> me. I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> it was, what have but, I done here?
1: Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, you know, but then the boys were like, you know, everyone was really happy because they knew that everyone – because for me, I've got a lot of, you know, um, a couple of sponsored chefs, a couple of yeah. students, and mm-hmm. they were all contemplating whether they're going to lose a job and have to go home because they've got government assistance. Mm-hmm. And they were also genuinely, genuinely worried for me and their business because yeah. we'll – you know, but then they could see that, oh, okay, well, we're fine We're safe. He definitely <laughs> needs us because we're getting hammered. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was a good
0: experience for us. Did you did you find Milan that it was a different customer who was coming in and getting that pickup and delivery, or was it existing customers that that just really like that were used to having you guys like maybe once a week or once a fortnight coming in and dining in that just really wanted to have sugar cane? Like, what was it? Oh, I think it was it was, it was both both. We had our regulars because uh-huh. you'd see all the names,
1: we know them all, but then we'd have a lot of new customers. Yes. And off the back of that, like, we've had heaps of customers come in since we started allowing dining. in yes. Oh, yeah, the first time we tried your food was takeaway. It was great. It was great. Now we're here. So um, it's, you know, like... It's sort of, I think our customer database has benefited a lot from that mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it was good for us and the boys, like, because we just went into something blindfolded, right? Sure. Like we didn't mm-hmm. know what to expect and we mm-hmm. came out, you know what, we, we did really well. We smashed it. The feedback was great. Mm-hmm. It just made everyone go, you know, we're onto a good thing here. We're doing a good thing. You know, the customers are loving it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just a lot of positive talk to them because some of those services, honestly, were the hardest I've ever done. Like it was really intense, like full on, you know.
0: Just because of the volume that was coming through yeah, or yeah. because everything yeah, was. Yeah, the volume
1: mm. and the packaging and yeah. doing, you know. like yeah. Busy service on plates, you send the is there, that you got to run it, take it mm. out, take it out, take it out. This was just like the logistics behind it all, you know. This is pick up, this is there, that's warm, that's cold. Like it was a lot, it was a much more labor intensive, how did you you, know, how did you, you know, we, yeah, we weren't going to leave it all sloppy in a container. so no. Take your time, put it in there, make it look nice. You know, it's $34 for that, you know. like, Would you like to, you know, like, so that's why we, we made it harder for ourselves, but that's what the brand is all about. So we sure. didn't wanna,
0: you know, did you want to, you know. Yeah, you didn't want to devalue the brand, right, yeah, during this time. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. What what operational things did you have to put in place quickly to make sure that your chefs and maybe some of your front of house staff who you might've brought in to manage the deliveries and takeaways. Like what did you, what did you put in place to make sure they knew what to do with this new process? Oh, well,
1: you know, obviously we had to get our head around that hungry, hungry platform because sometimes when it just got really intense, we'd have to shut it down. Mm -hmm. Or if we'd run out of stuff, we had to learn how to quickly remove it Mm. because within like three minutes, you would get like five orders of the same thing that you just run out of. Yes. Um, so you'd then have to ring the customers because they get charged for it mm. and say, hey, you don't, this pad tie is no longer, we're, we've run out. Did you want something, you know, in replace of it so that when they do come, it's ready for them or when mm. we deliver it um, rather than going there going, oh, by the way, we didn't give you your pad tie because, yes. we ran, you know. So that was something that we, we had to get on top of. Um, also, one of the things was, um, was like getting a map of the areas where we deliver Yes. And, and, and getting the, the chefs and because and, mainly the chefs are on the pass and one of the managers mm-hmm. to, to know the areas and sort of the streets somewhat so you can send a couple of orders at a time in that right. vicinity mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. sending one to South Marubra and the other mm-hmm. one to Clovelly, mm-hmm. like, which is a 10K different, mm, you know, gap. A mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we, we were just trying to push it down that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was their... Um, just, just the hygiene was there because that was the start of COVID. So yeah,
0: everyone was it, super it was scared, super right?
1: Paranoids, mm. super paranoid, super scared. Mm-hmm. Like I was delivering, you know, going to people's front houses and you know, like leave it there. Do not, you know, do this and reading some of the notes and it was just because we were, no one knew what to expect. And no. like looking back now, we've all learned from it, right? But in those early days, it was it was all pretty hairy and people mm. were really. Really, just worried and, and and cautious about the whole the whole experience and takeaway and leave it you know and stuff like that. So mm. um, that was that was interesting.
0: Mm. I mean, there was a big there was a big concern at the early stages, you know, late March and that kind of stuff that people are going to get it potentially get it from takeaway food and you know mm. and and that kind of thing. So I'm you know I'm glad the government's done a really good job in clearing that up, um, you know, and, and making sure that people understand you know what the likelihood is to get it. So you know it's definitely been a challenge mm-hmm. um, what what's been the biggest learning for you about about your team and how they 've coped during this time because you've you know for no fault of your own they 're now in a completely different st- situation that they 've ever been in before with you right um, like what what's the biggest learning that you've got out of your team during this time
1: well I just think that um, that uh, the, you know they're you know they're a solid group and 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 they can adapt really well with change Mm -hmm. um and it was good to sort of push them and myself out of our comfort zones you know because we could do this job day in day out do big numbers (laughs) you can do it sort of with your eyes closed you know yeah of course um so for them i think a lot of them took a lot of confidence out of it to know that hey you know, like. We, we 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 can do whatever we put our our mind to, you know, and yes. just set a task, set a goal, and let's get there. Um, which which they did because yeah, like even myself looking back, like, I never thought I'd be cooking takeaway food, you know. Yeah, I bet. and you know, the amount of takeaway food we did was 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 pretty insane.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it taught us a lot about that, but then it also it also. Um, it just opened up other avenues, you know, like we, we're, we're currently still doing takeaway.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, because, you know, customers were like, please don't stop, please don't stop. And, you know, when we went to the 50, 50 people because we've got a, like a 200 square meter dining room. Yes. Um, I, you know, I was like, oh, I was a bit hesitant. The boys are really hesitant about the weekends. And I said, listen, we'll just take it as it comes. If it gets okay. too busy, turn the platform off. Mm-hmm. and we look after our in-house customers and, mm-hmm. you know, we've been doing it for about a month now, the, the 50s and, you know, we might have turned it off a couple of times for like 15 or 20 minutes only just yeah. to get ahead, you know, get on top of the orders sure. and it's sure. back on mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just another source of income for us um, and it, it's been great, like, and without that without COVID and having to do that mm-hmm. I would have never gone down that road because people have been asking me for so many years, like, nah, I want to do it, I want to do it, but you know, I'm like actually, I should Maybe have been do. doing it earlier. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, it's good. And 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 the boys were actually like, we actually sat down last week, had a chat and discussed it all. And you know, just a big thank you to all of them. And and they were pretty, um, they were very excited that you know what they achieved, but mm. they were also grateful that a they they had worked the whole time. I bet. And b that. We we came out of it unscathed, you know, like because a lot of their mates, other chef mates, who have restaurants in the city and stuff like that. They'll just a lot of them had to go back home or lost yeah. jobs and all that. And mm-hmm. we we were one of the fortunate ones, so you know, um, yeah, lucky.
0: Good for you. No, it it obviously speaks to the fact that you have had a long serving brand, right? And and. Mm. Um, coming out of this, and obviously, you know, you and I both know there's going to be massive closures that that happen uh, over the next 6 to 12 months in our industry. But the thing that I've always thought is that if you, if you have a reputable brand in the hospitality industry, that is the thing that's going to pull you through. And those customers yeah. who come to you, you know, a couple of times a month, Milan, like, they're going to keep coming to you and they're the ones yeah. that are going to prop your business up long-term, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. What... Do you you think in regards to the delivery and pick up, you know, these new parts of your business, do you think it's only, you've only felt comfortable doing it now because you control that yourself with your own delivery platform, with your own staff or or whatnot, rather than using sort of, you know, if it was a third party kind of um, Mm -hmm. Uber or deliver or whatever that are coming into your restaurant and ruining that experience that you've built up for such a long time? Is it do you think it's you're now seen it as being viable because you're controlling the delivery and takeaway component rather than the platform
1: oh yeah definitely you know like we're, we're in control of that product from the time we cook it to mm-hmm. the time we package to, to the time we deliver so if we ever did make a mistake it was on us mm-hmm. um and you know like i've got some really i've got a good team here and you know, in, in that whole maybe two or three months where we were doing it solidly, mm-hmm. we might have made maybe half a dozen mistakes, you know,
0: very, very few. Wow, that's really
1: good. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're really on top. And a couple of times I'd like, I'd right, just jump on the bike or one of us would just take it back there and the customers mm-hmm. like super happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and, and like I'd be zipping around the scooter and, and I'd see the other, the other riders, what they're doing. They'd be meeting around, having a chat, foods in the back going cold. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, man, that's why I would never, I wouldn't go down that road unless I was seriously desperate because I just, I, I know, like, I've had them stuff up, plenty of orders ordering for myself in the past. Sure. Sure. You know, like, I had a, I had a friend who, who got his neighbour's food delivered to him. <laughs> and he said, I didn't order anything and the driver just said, just keep it anyway. And wow. Then, okay. Yeah. Keep it. <laughs> so he goes, the next day he was talking to his neighbor and he said, oh, yeah, we ordered some food and it never came. And he goes, oh, I actually got it. And then <laughs> the neighbor had to go back to the restaurant and the restaurant cooked them food, the, the same meal again. But he said, I can't deliver. Can you come and pick it up? Oh. so he did no. but it's like the restaurant takes a hit there and you know you know yourself when you have mm. a bad experience with Uber or all that the first thing everyone does is ring the restaurant not the platform they Correct. ring the restaurant and mm. they blow them up even though you know they don't have it's not their fault and, and just you know, those guys, like our riders would come coming through the back, back door, you know, I said to them, helmet off, no yeah. bag, cool. this. you know, mm-hmm. look neat, look, you know, because mm. we're a restaurant. We're not a, a burger shop or a takeaway shop. Mm. Maybe you can get away with that in that environment. So, um, yeah, like, and I didn't I didn't want that. I didn't want all the helmets running in, you know, three guys standing at the front door. Mm. Like a restaurant like this, where, you know, where we've been doing really well for the past, you know, almost four years, you know, it just it—it it sli- slightly does devalue your brand. Yeah, of course. Um. Of course. So yeah, it was—it was something that I was very proud of, like doing, mm-hmm. just like taking this, taking the step, buying a bike, jumping because mm-hmm. it was me. There's another chef of motorbike licences. Right. So we we we'd be on them, just you know, like zipping around the streets. Um, it was actually That's quite awesome. fun at the start. I felt I felt like I was in surface paradise for schoolies week. You know, the <laughs> eighteen-year-old in a singlet, uh, zipping around. But then, a month into it, you know, walking up four flights of stairs, people yes. like not answering their buzzers. I was yes. like, "Oh man, this
0: is this <laughs> I'm is a bit over this now." You know? Yeah,
1: but I'd- you know, I did. it I, I did it. Like, I was one. I was like, oh do not one," you know. And I, I did a lot of deliveries myself, and mm-hmm. um, and it was it was it was an experience that I'd never forget. Mm-hmm. Would I go down that road again? More likely not. But so, we, what we've done now, we've stopped the delivery. We're just doing takeaway and pickup. That's it. If you okay. want to come get it, we can't do delivery. It's just it's just too hard for us.
0: Yeah, I um, I was just going to say, I I deliberately did Uber Eats delivery for like three months because I wanted to understand what what the driver experience was like in venue and picking up. And I want to understand basket sizes and stuff. And it is is the most humbling experience I think I've had in sort of 20 plus years of hospitality to really understand (laughs) how to drop things off to people like can be so hard. Um, Do you think, um, do you think moving forward, obviously you said you're not doing delivery at the moment that you, you know, but obviously you're doing very, very good revenue on a reputable brand name. Like, do you think it's something that you could, do another site completely separate from Coogee and just do sugarcane delivery or do a ghost kitchen in the city or back to Surrey Hills or something like that? Is that what you're thinking or are you just really focusing on the Coogee restaurant?
1: Yeah, I I have thought about that, you know. Um, But it'll be something once all the dust settles. Yeah, you understand. Once the COVID wash-up finishes up, if I can Mm. potentially get like, a kitchen somewhere, you know, because I, I, like what you said before, I think there'll be a lot of places that will be up for lease. Mm, so if I okay. could walk into a place that has a kitchen fitted out, mm-hmm. I don't really need any signage. I don't need much of a shop front. Mm-hmm. Get it at a good price, sort of a walk-in, mm-hmm. you know, take over the shop today, have it ready up and running by next Monday mm-hmm. and do a, you know, a dark kitchen or do like a Sugarcane Express. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that could be something that I would potentially consider. Mm. I, think, um, I,
0: think I think it's going to be a really interesting time Milan, sorry to cut you off I know in, in Melbourne where I'm at With um, regards to Shane Delia from, from Maha Group And what he's done with his new delivery platform Provador But he's taken like, you know Brands at a really, really high level And now they're becoming accessible to people's houses A bit, a bit different to on-time delivery It's, you know, that, that day I think Or something like that But I think, you, I think customers are going to get a much better product being delivered to people's to their own house now that so many brands have come on board like yourself, yeah, you know it's pretty exciting times, you know.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Like, and you know, I've had I've had like Bentley at home, you know. Um, <laughs> no, cool. so, it's so good, to, you know. The lamb shoulders, there, you've got to put it in the in the bag and boil it, and then you know, like you never get that like no. six months ago. There's no way, you know, like mm. so um, it it has opened a lot of people's eyes and i think some people are still funny about the idea of going out to a restaurant yeah um and and they're happy to you know pay pay extra and have that experience at home and have their mates over and be nice and comfortable and Mm -hmm. don't have to sort of you know sit in a restaurant with people they don't know or where they've been and yeah so but it's you know like how long does that last for when Mm. or are we ever going to get back to where we were that's you know something that it's a, it's a tricky question.
0: It's the yeah, $1,000 question, right? Like, mm-hmm. is, is that the thing, the thing you're worried about the most, if I can ask you? Like the, the fact that, you know, you were doing a lot of private parties and celebrations and, you know, that, that's my worry that we're, you know, hospitality is about celebration. It's about mm-hmm. community. It's about, you know, engagement. Like um, if 15 people don't want to go to an amazing restaurant like yours for someone's birthday, then you know, it's a massive loss for the industry. But obviously, in revenue too. You know.
1: Yeah. So for for us, since we've been back back at that fifty mark, mm. like on those busy nights, we're we're doing one hundred and fifty people, three yeah, sittings. Right. Okay. So I've like you know, like I said before, like we went into this in a really strong position mm-hmm. pre-COVID, mm-hmm. It was solid, good good client base, good regular base. So even now, like you know, last night was Monday, we did like eighty people. You know, like good. So we're okay, you know, and even doing the 150s, like I've got less staff on and all that so the costs, you know, my staff yeah, costs and all of that, course. it's all manageable. I stay on top of it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and I think that's very important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, yeah, like I'm not, you know, I'm worried a lot to be honest because um, we're just... We'll, we're cruising along nicely mm-hmm. um, I just you know I know some of the other places are doing a bit harder
2: mm.
1: um, but it would be you know it would be good to, to have it, be able to have a few more in because you know like obviously with the social distancing and all that our table's a bit more spread out and all that you know we're a 90 seat restaurant and we're mm-hmm. doing 50 at a time mm-hmm. um, but, you know, like we, we used to do two-hour seatings. Now we've gone down to one and a half hours. Yes. And make it very clear, except that last sitting, obviously you can stay to the end. The customers sure. are more than happy to come in for an hour and a half, mm-hmm. you know, have a few drinks and then leave and and not... Because I think that's, that's the new norm for a lot of restaurants. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, credit card bookings, taking credit card details for large groups because... Even last Saturday, we had like, or Friday, we had like eight, uh, three tables of that between seven and nine cancel the day before, you know. And, yeah, right. And we, we don't take those details. But moving forward, I think, you know, now's the time that we're, we're going to start because, you know what, not that we're going to charge you. We'll charge you if you cancel within 24 hours. But when you're handing your credit card details, I believe, to someone, yeah. You're pretty serious about the booking. You know, totally I, I know a lot of people make multiple bookings, with different cuisines, and on the day they go, right, "What do you feel like? You want, you know?" <laughs> you like wow. Okay. <laughs> or you know, so that way, because um, you just you know, like you've got to really cover your own backside because mm. you know you lose a table of ten or, or a couple of no-shows. It's a lot of money. You're in trouble, especially when you're doing it hard already mm. and your numbers limited. Um, so that's where it just, it gets, it gets a bit tricky, but like now you can implement all those strategies and changes to your business because yes. the customers, if it was pre COVID, they'd be like, nah, nah, you know, everyone kick up a stink, but everyone's doing it now. So it's a good time to do it.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, do you think that's where most businesses will move to in that sort of, um, you know, uh, restaurants will become more about celebration again, and people planning for it and people thinking about it days in advance. And like, I know I'm going out this, this Friday night for an anniversary dinner. Like I'm really excited about that. Like, um, and I've been excited about it for a month when I was able to start booking for it. Right. So, but now, but I reckon I'll eat out less, but when I do eat out, I'll spend more. Like, are you thinking that's where it's kind of going to, play like people are going to eat out less but spend more money at venues obviously
1: i've noticed the um the spike in the per head spend um, interesting Mm. you know like Mm post-covid customers are really going hard you know, people smashing heaps of booze on it, even like early on in the week. You know, usually Monday, Tuesday nights, you just you come in, you have a dinner, you yeah. might have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like our cocktail sales are going nuts at the moment, which is great wow. for the business. Of and people just, I think people are just really happy to be out mm-hmm. and having a good time um, and just socializing with their friends outside each other's homes and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and our inquiries are like, like, over these last few weeks, like if we had 100 extra seats on those busy nights, we'd easily fill them, you know, like we're wow. just on the phone. Sorry, sorry, we can't do it. We can't do it. Um, so people, are, people around here are really enjoying the fact and, and they're all get, they're all just coming back and supporting us and they make it clear, oh, it's just so good that, you know, we're really worried for you, that you aren't going to yeah. survive. The thing, but it's so good that you're back up and running and you've That's got awesome. customers in here and look at this, you have 50 people mm. and it's a great mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. so um, yeah it's, that's been good it's great to hear mate
0: um, my, last, my last question for you before I let you go is um, what do you, what's the biggest thing you're looking forward to business wise moving, moving out of COVID um, that you're sort of excited about whether that be around strategy or whether that be just around the business and how it's performing
1: um, I think it'll be more like just maybe you know obviously getting more you know more customers in maybe, you know, stopping, like, hopefully people won't be as sort of as paranoid or as cautious mm-hmm. as what they are now mm-hmm. um, because, you know, like you're just trying to manage that as well. It's quite hard. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we ask for the customers, you know, like to come in and, you know, we also need their help trying to help us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to make everyone happy here. You know, some people's idea of social distancing is different to others. Yes. Some of you know, people. Too close, I want to move to another table. It's a really busy night where all the tables have been allocated. Right. Mm. Hopefully, that side of it, like, sort of gets pushed back a bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm. and then you just let us run the business.
2: Yeah, of course. Um,
1: but, but you've got to sort of work with them as well because at the end of the day, they're the paying customers, and without them, your business is nowhere. Um, so, it's just all that, you know, doing. Sanitising, yep. you know, the QR code scanning—it's mm-hmm. all this extra labour going into um, the the dining experience. Yes, which gets on those busy nights, it gets pretty full on. Yeah, of course. So yeah. it'll be good if, once that eases off a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when that's going to happen? Who knows? You know, as you know, you would know with the the, recent, the spike of of infection rates down in Victoria—is yeah. it going to put the rest of us back a month or two most probably will at least a couple of weeks yeah yeah it's you know we thought we were sort of getting out of it and we'll you know we're pulling ourselves out and now we're you know getting a little bit in and mm, it's yeah. uncertain, not knowing what to expect and you know if someone told you where would you be in october like what do you say to them like who knows where we're gonna be
0: you know yeah 100 percent. yeah you might you know you might go back to having no customers in your restaurant again and doing takeaway and pick up like it's it's um yeah, it's a, really, it's a really hard time. But I think strategy-wise is I think what you've said during this podcast, Milan, is that you just need to be flexible and you need to move quickly um, with, with proper strategy mindset. And I think that's what you've obviously done exceptionally well. So well done. Um, Thank you. Um, thanks so much for joining me on today's podcast. I've really enjoyed the chat um, and getting to, getting to understand your business a lot more. What, what's the best way that people can find out about Sugarcane and what you guys are doing in Kooji?
1: Um, well, there's you know a website or or a social media sugarcane mm-hmm. restaurant um, Instagram, mm-hmm.
0: Facebook. Happy and days. That's,
1: yeah.
0: Cool. That's Thanks, Milan. I've really enjoyed the chat. Thanks for your time.
1: Thanks, Sean. See yeah.
0: Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. As always, please look in the bio of this podcast and always send me a voicemail message. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast or just follow us on Instagram under Open Pantry Consulting. Until next time, stay well.